world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. This week on Parents Are Hard To Raise. Back by popular demand, Diane's 80-something parents, Joe and Annette, a.k.a. Cuff and Link, answer listener emails from around the world. Welcome to Parents Are Hard To Raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. And so we have two special guests back in the studio again, mom and dad, Annette and Joe, AKA Cuff and Link. So we got tons of listener mail for Annette and Joe specifically. So I'm gonna ask you the questions. <laughs> so dad, um, David from Spokane, Washington asked, Joe, you mentioned that you met Annette when you and your buddies crashed a wedding to meet a fellow musician. Did your band have a name? Wow. <laughs> it wasn't my band. We went to see a buddy of ours that was sitting in with another band. So I don't remember what the band's name was. But he was just sitting in with them and we went to see what, how he was doing. That's, that was it. Well, what kind of music did you, did your band play? Well, we were back in the big band era, so we were playing things in the big band, you know. All the although uh, we might have had uh, lots less instruments, but it was still big band music because we had the ballads and the swing sets, etc. Ah, okay, and. Um, who is your favorite musician? I know, but you can tell the audience. <laughs> Do you really know? Well, is it Frank Sinatra? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you probably have more than one. He was a one. singer, you know. Right. Yes, he was my favorite singer. He was. Right. And you used to listen to a lot of the big bands too, right? Oh, Tommy absolutely. Dorsey. It was Miller and uh, Artie Shore and Glenn. Let's see, I mentioned Bill. Are you sure I'm trying to think? Von Monroe, Woody Herman, Stan Kenton. Tommy Dorsey. Tommy oh, Dorsey, yeah. definitely. Yeah, okay. That's right. I know because I always, I listen to them, especially Jimmy on Dorsey. Jimmy Dorsey. Oh, on Sunday mornings, you always played all the music. Big band. Yeah, well, <laughs> then we had the radio. We used to play big band music. Uh, in fact, they played it all night long. Anytime you put it on, oh you, really? You had good music <laughs> that you could listen to. You might have not improved all of the songs because some of the swing sets were maybe you know a little, uh, you know, a little bit too sophisticated. That maybe you didn't like them, but uh, most of the stuff was good because uh, 
you went to the dances, they had jitterbugs and had ballads, uh, small, uh, excuse me, small dance, slow dances. Oh. I'm sorry, <laughs> folks, rigor mortis is set in. <laughs> Well, we just ate. <laughs> so that's why, right? You get tired. <laughs> yeah, well, you guys had a variety of, you know. Yes, absolutely. It was terrific. It was great. In fact, I had my own big band for a short time. And then I played in a big band for a short time. I always had money in my pocket because we played for weddings on weekends. And during the week, we played at a Zimmerman's in East Rutherford at dances. Really, <laughs> Zimmerman. You played in Germany. You played in Germany too. Right. Well, well, in Germany, I got out of KP when I got <laughs> shipped to Germany because we, we had a show. We played a show. Played in the White House on New Year's Eve and got fired because the saxophone play was out on the dance floor, half loaded. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't the White House in D.C. We also played at the Poconos. That's uh, right. With a combo for a short period of time. Really? One of the resorts. <laughs> I didn't know any of this. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> wow. All right. Now, Annette. Oh, boy. <laughs> Beverly from Moselle Bay, South Africa, asked, when did you first realize you were in love with Joe? <sighs> When he bought me candy. <laughs> and she did say why. <laughs> just, just give her some chocolate. I no. never bought a candy. <laughs> it was too cheap. No. Well, when we started going out, going to dances, and uh, we would go to his friend's house, Billy Hole. He, did Billy, was Billy Hole a drummer? It was the yeah, drum, the and, band we had. And yes. we first started going out. So every Saturday night we rode from, he lived in Lynnhurst, I lived in Lode. I picked me up, we rode to Paramus. Oh, really? <laughs> All the way to Paramus. Billy Hole lived in Paramus. He was married to, um, what was her name, Veronica. And we played Kinesta every Saturday night. That was our date, you know. And cheap date. Cheap, <laughs> cheap date, yeah, right, right. We had a lot of fun. Yeah, we did. That was nice. All right. So, I didn't know that either. Hmm. Annette, uh -oh. from Anne from Napier, New Zealand, what was it like when you first found out that you were pregnant with your first child? Ecstatic. Really? I really was. I really was very, very <laughs> happy. I um, believe we were married two years. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, had my first little girl, <laughs> and then two and a half years later, I had you. <laughs> I know. Five years later, you had a son. That's right. That's, That's right. right. And there we go. <laughs> and there we go. So I'm the middle, the middle <laughs> child. You can't oh yes. She's always left out. <laughs> no way. No way. No. <laughs> I'm just the middle. <laughs> no way. So okay. Now, Joe and Annette. Okay. This is from Baca from Montreal, Canada. Since you were born, the world has changed a lot. What would you say has been the best change and why? And the worst change and why? In the world. Gosh. I believe you're on the telephone talk. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess anything, you know, since, I mean... Yeah, the world has changed in so many different ways. 
um, era, uh, you it was know. a lot more peaceful back in the old days. It, it like she used to walk, she worked in Newark, didn't yeah. have to worry about getting mugged. Yeah. I, I traveled to Newark every day, took two buses and walked a lot. And you were able to walk in Newark, but today you can't. Yeah. I mean, the, the world has changed. It has. But, um, you know, it's what you make of it. I mean, we've found a lot of things that are better. And right now I'm a senior and I'm enjoying it. Years ago, we had nowhere for the seniors to go. There were no senior clubs in New Jersey That's right. or anywhere, as a matter of fact. Now there's lots of senior clubs and there's, we play cards and it, it, you're, you're active. You're, you know, years ago when my mother was 55, she just sat in a rocking chair, you know. Uh, there was no place to go. Now you got the casinos, you got the, you know, bingo, uh, Church, yeah, bingo. Right. So there's a lot more. Yeah. So I think it's great for seniors. And I guess it's great. I mean, you you really don't go. My father doesn't really get into the senior things to do, right? No. No. He's too busy <laughs> no. home cutting the grass. And, <laughs> and That's Mother Cabrini over here. <laughs> doing that. But you go out, you know, you have a friend. Oh, yeah, he goes out with Doggy. So you do things, yeah. Yeah, We go to the track once a week, we'll visit our money. (laughs) Casino once a month, visit our money. Well, you know, Daddy Daddy has a friend, well, you know him, Doggy. And, I mean, he's been with, friend with him for, what, 65 years. Yeah. And now, Doggy lives in Bayonne, and we live in Paramus, so it's a little difficult. But every one day a week, they spend it together at the, at the Meadowlands, and they enjoy the day. They reminisce. <laughs> well, we enjoy the day only if we win. We seldom win. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> they seldom win, I know. Well, yeah, I mean, years ago, you know, when your mom was 55, I mean, and our parents didn't live as long and they just kind of centered around the family right, you know and right. just did things around the house right and exactly they they were ha- happy to be home right that, that and f- and family and even kids didn't move like far away everybody kind of stayed around the same area where it's it's right. different way different yeah. wait i remember when we lived in brooklyn for a while when we came to lynnhurst on a holiday, we had all the cousins and uncles. We sat at the table all day eating. There all kinds of stuff from soup to nuts. Yeah. Now the family seldom gets together. You know, yeah. not too often. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and tell them why you moved from Brooklyn. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, I was born in Lynnhurst. Six months we moved to Brooklyn. Uh, that I don't know why, but we did. <laughs> and uh, when I was 10 years old, we got a letter in the mail saying, if you don't move, your son's going to be kidnapped. <laughs> oh I was the only child for my parents. <laughs> and I guess the real answer is the landlord's son and I didn't get along. We used to fight a lot. So I think that soup sent the letter. But my parents didn't question it or anything. We just moved back to Lindbergh. And that's what happened. Yeah, exactly. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. 
Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. Were you ever young? You're listening to Parents Are Hard To Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. So we're back and we're here with my mom and dad, Annette and Joe. And so we're, we're asking them questions that were sent to us from listeners all over the world. So mom, what... This question is from Caroline from Mesa, Arizona. What is your most treasured memory? Meeting me. <laughs> is your name Mom? <laughs> Could be. Growing, growing up as a child in a household with my mom and dad and 10 children. We were 12 in the family. And that was, I was the baby and it was a lot of fun. Because I was spoiled. <laughs> and she slept in a drawer. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you could tell them, right? You, about your brothers, right? You could tell them how you had to sleep. <laughs> oh, yeah. We were, we, we, I mean, the house was very tiny. My parents weren't rich. And we just had three bedrooms. My mom and dad had a bedroom. We had a bedroom for the seven girls and a bedroom for the three boys and one bathroom. So we would take turns. So the seven girls slept in the one room, four in one bed and three in the other. <laughs> and uh, I couldn't wait until my parents bought a couch that opened and my two older sisters graduated to there. So it, it was fun. We had a lot of fun and we had a lot of friends and my mom 
invited all our friends over every single night with a big pot of coffee, two pots of coffee. And, and you go home with heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> was it strong, the coffee? Oh. <laughs> He's so bad. <laughs> but it, it was fun growing up. It really, really was. Yeah. Well, we had fun. You know, going to grandma's. Going, to, yeah, yeah, because yeah. we were how many cousins? I mean, 18. you know, we had all aunts and uncles, cousins, and there was always activity, fun, all Somebody's of us getting together. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was fun. It it was was fun. Um, and then da- you were an only child. Oh, yeah. So that had to be shell shock going to. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> when we first met, she didn't let me in the house for six months. <laughs> I used to pull up with the car, and she'd pop right out. I, I, I wouldn't want to introduce him to everybody in the house. Because I know. I, didn't I was know just I was scared gonna... to go in. <laughs> I didn't know if I was going to keep him. I didn't know if he was a keeper. <laughs> what did you do the first time when you met him? He, he was shocked. <laughs> Were you kind of shocked? There was so many... I can't say what I was going to say. But <laughs> what were you going to say? No. Oh, no. Yeah, I was going to say that, but no. sorry, folks. <laughs> well, can you can you spell it? <laughs> can you sign language? No. No. Then Lollipop Head says her name is Tony. So I call up one night when we first met and asked for Tony, and my my, my brother-in-law comes get her. He was in bed. Her, her brother-in-law. <laughs> His name was Tony. <laughs> when, see, I, I met him when I was in high school. I was uh, just graduating. And my yearbook name, it was T-O-N-I, Tony, instead of Antoinette. Ah. So uh, they all <laughs> called me Tony. So he asked to speak to Tony, and my brother-in-law was working nights, and uh, he came down in his pajamas. Hello. <laughs> he said, um, no, this isn't Tony. He said, this is Tony. <laughs> so from then on, I changed my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. So, Dad, this is also from Caroline from Mesa, Arizona. What was your most embarrassing moment? Meeting our parents. <laughs> was it meeting your parents? Was it? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so, meeting our family. <laughs> <laughs> they were coming out of the woodwork. <laughs> there were so many. I was the only child, and here we had this whole oh, jay. I thought it was like a parade. <laughs> yeah, there was. When I go to heaven, I'm telling my mother. <laughs> All right, I'm going to beat you there. <laughs> <laughs> now, we don't want to. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. All right, here we go. So, Mom. This is from Kathleen from Dublin, Ireland. Hi, Kathleen. <laughs> what was the song you danced to at your wedding? Do you remember? My fool. We'll be together again. Yes. Yes. Very good. What was it? Where we, we will be together oh. again. Now you had your wedding at a, a Casaman at a Tina. restaurant. Okay, but tell us about some of your sisters or oh, brothers. You did weddings had, differently, right? They all had baseball, football, baseball weddings. We would make three hundred sandwiches, and uh, you know they'd have sandwiches and beer and big trays of Italian cookies. Hey, Charlie, press the provolone. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have them at your house, right? Well, Where? my oldest sisters was at the house, okay. but the others were in in, in a hall. We okay, to the hall. And you know, you had and the bride and groom would carry this four hundred pound tray of cookies around so everybody <laughs> cake it, you know. 
it, it, it was, they were fun. It was exciting, you know. But then by the time I got married, I wanted a sit-down dinner. That's what we had. That's sure the place burnt down after we got married. <laughs> it did? <laughs> was it shortly after? No, they, oh. knocked, they knocked it down. They didn't burn it down. They knocked it, it down. It burnt down. That's why they knocked it down. <laughs> it did really, huh? Yeah. Oh. It did. Wow. It did. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, Mom. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> this is from Patricia from Glasgow, Scotland. When and where were you happiest? When and where was I happiest? I was happiest when all my children got married at each one of their weddings. I was really, really happy to see them happy. And then when we were on vacation. Yeah, when we used to go on vacation? Yeah, we used to go down the shore and yeah. go on vacation with all the children. You know, it was fun and... Uh, um, uh, actually, I'm always happy. Yeah, you are. Yeah. 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 Except with me. <laughs> <laughs> then I'm slap happy. <laughs> so, Dad, when and where were you happiest? Beats the hell out of me. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't figured it out yet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> when was I happy? I was never, I'm always happy. Yeah, you are. You're just happier in a quieter way. He's happy at the right. casino and at the trap. <laughs> she does all the talking, and <laughs> I give her a phone, and I got peace and quiet. <laughs> uh, this, okay, Mom, this is from Barbara from Gulf Shores, Alabama. What do you consider your greatest accomplishment? Um, Having kids. <laughs> no, no, really. I was a supervisor for 22 years, and I, I was happy sending my kids to college. Great. That's hey, right. you didn't do it alone. Well, <laughs> you helped a little. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, really, that was it, seeing the three kids and going to college, and, you know, we're able to uh, help them. That was my greatest accomplishment. And that was great for us, too, because... You paid. You did. You paid for all of our colleges, so we didn't have to be burdened with that coming out of college. Right. Right. That's true. Yeah. And mom, this is from Donald from Ames, Iowa. What is your most treasured pos treasured possession? Actually, Me. <laughs> could be. Well, I'm not I quite I sure. Actually, I feel I'm very lucky. I was born with a call, and I still have it, and I feel that I'm very lucky to have it. And for the people that don't know what a call is, it's when children it's were a born. a membrane over your whole body, correct? What is it? A membrane. Would you oh. just shut up? <laughs> <laughs> what when is when I was born <coughs> uh -huh. in, in 1929 and around that time and before that, midwives delivered the children. And midwives, if they found a baby born in an enclosement, which was like a, the, the, a, a dress pattern material, very, very thin paper, like yeah. a dress pattern, it would be attached to the baby's navel. Uh -huh. And the midwife would save that of course, take the baby out of that enclosure and and save it 
and then fold it up and with the navel and give it to the mother. Okay. And that is supposed to be, the child born with that is supposed to be very, very lucky. Really? Now, out of 10, 11 children that my mother had, just two of us were born with it. My youngest brother, Uncle Rocky, oh, really? and myself. And at the time, when I was a child, it was a pain in the neck because it would, you'd have to have it on you all the time. So when you were little, you carried it on you, and really? as you grow older, you know. And now, it's in your, you carry it in your pocketbook. Okay. And it's still enclosed in my mother's sewing. Really? The navel is still there. You can feel it, but the other thing is turned to powder. Huh. But my brother's was stolen by a sailor. And when my father was bragging about it when my brother was born. But it will not do that person bring him any luck. It would only bring the person born with it. So there aren't that many babies born with it. If the midwives were nice and kind, they would save it. Okay. In the hospitals, they don't do that. Right, yeah. And that's called a call. Huh. And I still have that. You do? You carry it around with you? Yeah. It's in my pocket. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that either. Wow. So what is your most treasured possession? I don't have one. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> what? what did you say? <laughs> you, you <laughs> well. I can't think of anything. What if I had that treasure? The, the three kid. kids? Yeah, that'd be three treasured possessions. That's right, my three <laughs> treasured possessions. <laughs> I got to throw my wife in there a little bit because she may be a pain in the rectal area, but she's good most of the time. She is. She takes care of you, right? Right. Yeah. And I take care of her. Right. You do. Right. That's what happens, right? You do. You take right. care of each other. He's going to give me money to go to Lanark. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and that's in one way. You can do take care of each right. other. And this question, Mom, from Katharina in Exeter, New Hampshire, who is or was your best friend? Uh, well, my best friend, she was three and I was five. And we were, in, we, were, we were inseparable. I mean, we played, we lived next door, Carmen Cita, we lived next door. We played together every single day. We went to school together. We went to high school together. She was two years before me. I graduated. I'm two years older than her. We went to Newark to Prudential Insurance Company to work, and she also did. Um, I didn't know that. She worked there, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and um, I mean, I talked to her. And then when she, she lived in uh, Key West, when her husband was in the Navy, when we got married, we went we drove to Florida, Miami, and then we surprised her, went to Key West one night. And spent I was the on night. a honeymoon. On a honeymoon, <laughs> yeah. And um, then, um, you know, she moved back to Lodi, and I talked to her every day, sometimes twice a day. And when I would hang up, she would tell me all her troubles. And when I would hang up, he would say, okay, Mother Teresa, what'd you tell her now? <laughs> so so that, that she was my best friend. I miss her terribly, really do. I do yeah. miss her. Of course, she's, she passed she's, away. She's yeah. gone. Thank you. Well, you didn't say it. She's <laughs> gone four years. <clears throat> Yeah, and yeah. I didn't realize that. I didn't know you worked together, too. 
Uh, yeah, we didn't work. Prudential has seven big buildings oh, in Newark. Okay. She was in another building, but we were on the bus together and we rode together, you know. Yeah. And Dad, this is from Kevin from Kingston, Ontario, Canada. What do you consider your greatest achievement? <laughs> Cutting the grass. <laughs> greatest achievement. I wish I could answer you. Well, you were a draftsman. Yeah, I you was a draftsman. That's how you made Big a deal. Well, <laughs> well, you went to school, right, for that? No, not really. When I got out of service, Curtis Wright Corporation was looking for draftsmen, so they they would teach you for a certain amount of weeks. We started at fifty-two dollars a week. Wow. And when we graduated, I don't know, it was a few months, we got $58 a week. So we started at the very bottom becoming a C-class detailer. And from the class detailer, I became a, a senior designer. Not there. There I was a designer because they didn't have senior design. When I went to ITT, I was a senior designer. But that's just anybody could do it because you got you upgrade yourself uh, you know yeah through progression or learning what you how you're doing well that's a good that's like an achievement well, well see Curtis Fetch was different because there after they taught you if you made three mistakes they would take down so you had to learn your stuff so when I went to IDT they didn't know squat over there so you know I was became a senior design easy because I was taught the right way at Curtis Wright. Right, right. Well, that's an achievement. Well, that's one of them. I don't know of any others. <laughs> hey, you made it You made it 89 years. That's an achievement, right? You did something, right? Yeah, I guess. Well, that's probably genes. <laughs> so. DNA, something <laughs> like that. <laughs> So, we've had another great show. I'm so glad Mom and Dad, Cuff and Link, were here again. And we will definitely have them back again. Sorry we bored you tonight. <laughs> they didn't. Remember, the very best conversations happen at parentsarehardtoraise.org. So, go right to our website and leave a question or comment so myself, our team, and the entire Parents Are Hard to Raise community can support you. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York, under License of Broadcast Music, Incorporated. Thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to reading your comments and can't wait till we meet up again on the next episode of Parents Are Hard to Raise. Till then, may you forget everything you don't want to remember and remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week. <laughs>